Tree of Life Church on, on the right Sunday. Amen. We are in for a treat. We have some very powerful preaching that's going to be happening in just a moment and also tonight. Uh, we're so grateful to have Brother Luke Levine with us from St. Louis, Missouri. Let's give Brother Levine a great big hand. Amen. And, and you don't want to miss tonight because tonight we're not just going to have Brother Luke Levine. We're also going to have Brother Loami Diaz with us. And so we have a great Sunday in store, both of these wonderful men of God that are going to be with us. It's going to be a great blessing. So you don't want to miss tonight, and you are in for a treat this morning. I want to say how happy I am to have my very dear friends, brother and sister Stephen Koonsman from Huntington, West Virginia. Could you give them a great big hand? We love them so we love them so much. We are, we are saddened at the passing of Brother Koonsman's grandfather. We were at his homegoing service yesterday, and that is the reason he is in town. Uh, but he was a wonderful, faithful man of God who was very dear to our hearts. And, uh, and we're thankful that, that, uh, that he lived such a beautiful life for the Lord. And uh, Brother Kuntzman is able to be here and Sister Kuntzman with us this morning. Would you stand with your feet one more time as the man of God comes to this pulpit to preach the word of the Lord? How many are ready to receive what thus saith the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. We love, we love and honor Brother Luke Levine. And, and he's my very good friend. And he has blessed this church uh, on multiple occasions and I know for a fact he has a word from the Lord this morning let's receive him with a great big hand clap of appreciation God bless you brother Levine. we'll praise the Lord everybody it feels good in the house of the Lord this morning uh, I like what I feel I like the worship I like the presence of God and the response of his people and uh, just to top it all off a little cherry on top a baby being dedicated it's a great day what a great day in the house of the Lord Amen. and I am I'm delighted to be here with you and I feel like if we just went home right now uh, we'd be blessed it'd be good but don't get too excited <laughs> because pastor brought me here to preach and so preach I shall uh, but I do feel a word in my spirit for this church and I feel like uh, God has, has put us here on this Sunday at a strategic time and on a strategic day and I feel like God wants to speak something into the DNA of this this church body you are in a pivotal season I, I, I recall I believe it was Sunday night I was here last year and and tapped into it and preached about it just a little bit the revival uh, that that God has ahead of you uh, not negating anything that God is doing right now but but there is much more uh, in store what God is doing for this church and I uh, I'm excited to feel it and to sense it and to, to see it and I I could not help but think and I I feel like the Lord even even spoke to my spirit as we were singing that song a few moments ago and and almost as a chant an anthem God is fighting for us I, I don't <laughs> I don't know who 
picks the songs out, and, and, but I do believe that was directed of the Holy Ghost, that just one day and one night before you go back before the city uh, to plead your case, that they would allow you to build the building that God wants you to build. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That we are dancing and chanting and singing and declaring God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. I just kind of feel like the Lord spoke to my spirit and, and said, tell them, remind them, this is, these are not idle words, but they are declaring what I am doing right now in this city. I am fighting on their behalf. Praise God. John chapter 11, John chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading verse number 1. I am going to read several verses of scripture uh, bouncing around in John chapter 11. Such an honor to be back here with you all today. Love and appreciate this church. I bring greetings from my wife and family. Uh, They're unable to, to join me on this particular occasion, but I give honor to your pastor, my dear friend. I love, love Pastor Urshan, love him very dearly, and thank God for his influence not only in this region but around the world. I thank God for uh, my friend and what God is using him uh, to do here. And you all, you all just, uh, I mean, this is, uh, y'all are blessed. You know that? You've got... I've got a... uh, got a handful a couple of elders that are that are in my top favorites to listen to but among my age group and my peers I will tell you that your pastor's at the top of that list I love listening to him preach y'all get to eat steak every Sunday I mean do you know that do you know that so y'all are eating t-bone and filet every Sunday And I appreciate you allowing us to slip in a bologna sandwich once in a while here. (laughs) My Lord, we better get to the book. Uh, John chapter 11 in verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Therefore his Sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. It's verse number three. Verse 17, skipping down. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. Everybody say four days. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, thou hadst been here. My brother had not died in verse 21. Verse 23, Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Skipping down to verse 34, and he said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, the Bible quizzer's dream, Jesus wept. (laughs) Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. (laughs) Verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. 
for he has been dead four days. Everybody say four days. Verse 43 and verse 44, the last verses we'll read. When he had thus spoken and cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. I mean, those are powerful words right there. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. I don't know about you, but I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. I feel Jesus ready to talk to us and help us and speak into our souls here this morning. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes simply about the paradox of the fourth day. The paradox of the fourth day. Would you lay your Bibles down and would you lift up your hands and your voices to heaven? And would you open your mouth, ask Jesus to talk to you right now. Ask Jesus to talk to every one of us here today. Everybody in the room. Everybody in the room. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sweet Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would speak to us today. God, that you would speak directly to our spirits, that you would speak something uh, into this church, God, that you would do something, that you would say something, that you would perform a work that only you can perform, God, that no man would receive the glory, but God, that you alone would be glorified, uh, that you would receive all glory and all honor and all praise, and we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, O great God, and we magnify your name. Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I'm sure to many in the town of Bethany, as the sun crawled up the horizon that fateful morning, it would seem to be just another ordinary day in their little community. On the outskirts of Jerusalem, just another day. But as we read our text, we find that things were all but ordinary at one particular house. That was the house of Lazarus. Little did the residents of that small community know that the events that would unfold that day and in the days to come would be pivotal to the faith of the early church and those early believers and would also be pivotal and instrumental to our faith today. As the scene unfolds that morning, you find... Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha, sending word to Jesus in a nearby town that this one that he loves, Lazarus, is sick. He send, they send word to Jesus who is in Jerusalem, just a short journey away. And Scripture is very careful to point out that Jesus and Lazarus were friends. They 
loved one another. The scripture says he, he loved Lazarus. As word gets to Jesus, Lazarus is so sick. He's not got just a little cold or a, a fever. He's not got a little sniffle or, you know, some of the things that keep us out of church once in a while. He, he's, he's got something a little deeper and darker than that. The Bible says he is sick to the point of death. And as word gets to Jesus, he is so sick that by the time word reaches Jesus, Lazarus has succumbed to that sickness and he has died. And immediately mourners begin to gather in grief and sorrow at the loss of their friend. They begin to gather at Lazarus' home, grieving the loss of their friend and loved one. Now, you would think that if for no other reason but their friendship, that when Jesus received word of Lazarus' sickness and now death, that he would jump up and he would rush to heal Lazarus. You would think that as soon as Jesus was made aware, I mean, after all, he was God in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. He had the power to heal. He had the power to perform miracles. And so it would stand to reason that if he was going to work for anyone, he would work for someone that he loved. If he was going to do something for anybody in the community, that he would be willing to reach toward the one that he was a friend of. But the Bible says that when Jesus received word of his friend's sickness and now death, that he was content to just casually almost say, this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God that I would be glorified thereby. And he stayed exactly where he was. And he waited in Jerusalem. You would think that he would rush, but he didn't get in a hurry. You would think he would run, look for a horse or a chariot or a donkey. But he just went back to drinking his coffee. I don't know. Dr. Pepper, Coke, whatever. Sweet tea, whatever your thing is. He's content to just wait. The man is dead. But Jesus just waits. <laughs> People are grieving and mourning. But Jesus just waits. I mean, you would think that even if he didn't have the power to heal, or even if he chose not to heal, that perhaps he would just go and mourn with those that were in grief. Just mourn the loss of his friend. I mean, that's what we do in times like that, right? We, we gather and we support those that are in sorrow. <laughs> just, just go to see what's going on. I don't, I don't know. I, I preached a funeral a few years ago, and I was there that day and talking to some of the family. I didn't really know the man very well, but apparently he was quite the character. And one of the family members, I'll never forget, came by, and I, I shook their hand and gave him my consolation. He said, oh, you don't have to console me. He said, I didn't come to grieve. I came to make sure he was gone. 
how about that? They didn't teach us in Bible college what to say to that. So I just looked at him and said, well, enjoy your day, sir. (laughs) You would think that people would gather and Jesus would join them in their grief, but he waits. He's not far away. He doesn't need a train ticket. He doesn't need a plane ticket. He's a mile and a half from where the death had occurred. But Jesus is content to wait. Can I just pause right here and remind you of what I think that most of you probably are aware of? That is that Jesus doesn't have to operate on my timetable or on your schedule. Can I remind you that Jesus doesn't have to get in a hurry because I'm in a hurry? Can I tell you that Jesus doesn't have to move quick just because I tell him to move quick? And he waits in Jerusalem one day, two days, three days, two additional days after the initial word of receiving news of his death. He waits and finally on the fourth day, he makes the short partial day's journey to the town of Bethany and he sees mourners grieving over the loss of their friend and he is in that setting not welcomed by the the welcome you think Jesus should or would receive but rather when he arrives at the house on the fourth day. The Bible lets us know that rather than celebration and faith, you would think uh, that when Jesus showed up, there might be a little praise, there might be a little faith, there might be a little joy, the Spirit might lift, but that was not the case because He did not come when they first called Him and because He did not show up on their schedule, He is not greeted by faith and expectation, but because He didn't do it their way, He is greeted by accusation and by doubt. And he, he stands uh, in this, this place, in this setting. Martha jumps to her feet and runs to where Jesus is and, and bursts through the door and falls at his feet. She meets him not with praise but with accusation. And she says, Lord, if you would have been here sooner, my brother would not have died. Think about it. You think she would rush to worship, but she rushes to accuse Martha's mind think about her words she is in her mind the situation is reached the point of no return in her mind the situation has reached a point that there's no coming back from hear me when I tell you Martha was sitting before the master on the fourth day and she was living in what I'd like to call this morning the realm of the fourth day she was she was listening to some kind of fourth day voices of doubt and discouragement and defeat voices that were telling her it is over it is finished it is done There is no miracle to be had. There is only mourning going forward. And rather than listen to the voice of Jesus, she listens to the voices in her own flesh and in her own spirit saying, it's over, it's finished, it's done. There was significance to this fourth day. 
two times in the verses we read, the scripture points out specifically that Jesus intentionally waited until the fourth day. That he purposefully waited until this, this fourth day to arrive there and to help them or to talk to them or to engage with them. And, and the significance of this fourth day, while it may seem odd to some, in, in, in Jewish legend and their folklore, they, they literally believed, they, it was a commonly held belief, that, that there was on day one, day two, and day three, there was a resurrection possibility. The resurrection was possible in the first three days. It was uh, mysticism. It, it, it was uh, certainly not true uh, in, in the way that they held the belief. But they had the strong belief that if the circumstances were exactly right and things were perfectly opportune, that a resurrection was possible on day one. It was possible on day two. It was possible on day three. And I won't spend a lot of time to get into all the details of how that would look and what circumstances had to be in place but if you study it out on your own time don't google it while I'm preaching but you can study it out on your own time it was quite a crazy belief that they had that if these particular uh, events lined up and this particular scenario played out that a resurrection was possible however they held strongly to the belief that once the sun crawled up the horizon on the fourth day that that was officially the point of no return they literally believed that the spirit would hover over the lifeless body for a period of three days. And on the fourth day, that spirit would be banished by death itself into the spirit realm. And at this point on the fourth day, all hope was gone. There was no further possibility of a resurrection. It was possible on day one, two, or three. But now on day four... Jesus arrives intentionally and he's greeted by accusation and by doubt and he stands facing a house full of people that are stuck in this realm of the fourth day. You would think that in an entire house of believers uh, that there would be at least some there would be an element that would say Jesus you're still able. Jesus I have faith uh, that you can still work and you can still do it but that was not the case. He stands uh, facing literally a house full of people that are trapped in this realm of the fourth day. Uh, two voices I find on the fourth day the first was that of the mourners. They cried out with grief, an absolutely natural and expected response in a time of loss. They, they, they cried out with grief, but hear me now, not only was their voice one of grieving, but their voice was now one of doubt. And they begin to throw out this little if word. They said, if you would have done it earlier, and if you would have moved on our timetable, and Jesus, if you wouldn't have let it get to this point uh, if this or if that uh, then I would believe that a miracle was possible can I pause and tell you uh, that there are a few too many people today uh, that are still living with that too little letter doubt filled word in your vocabulary uh, far too often 
Jesus, if you would have done it when I first asked you. Or Jesus, if you would have healed me when we first prayed. Or Jesus, if you would have opened the door when we first came to the crossroads. Maybe things wouldn't. You can look at me if you want to, uh, but I'm preaching to some people uh, that while we don't believe uh, and we don't buy into the ridiculous notion of the fourth day uh, that those people did, uh, we have our own mindset of the fourth day sometimes, uh, and it's different for everyone, uh, and it's unique to every situation. Am I preaching to anybody right now? And we reach these places in our mind and in our circumstance and situation where we say it's just simply too far gone and there is nothing really possible for a miracle right now. If this or if that. I'm telling you on this Sunday morning, you need to get the if out of your vocabulary today. You need to get the if out of your mind. You need to get the what if out of your mind. I know things may look bleak. I understand you may be sick. I understand you may be suffering. But I still serve a God that can perform a resurrection. I... Can I preach to you about Jesus a little bit this morning? Can I tell you that he is still a miracle worker? He is still a earth shaker. He is still a mountain mover. Jesus is still able. Oh, if you believe that, you ought to throw your head back. You ought to clap your hands. You ought to lift up a shout of praise to your God. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I'm preaching to this church as a whole, and I'm preaching to every believer in this church right now. I'm preaching to this church corporately about where you are at in the kingdom and in the process and in the time that God has put you in for the season of fulfillment, and I am preaching to every single individual believer in this church. I know it may not look good. I know there may be voices of opposition. I know there may be voices of doubt and discouragement and defeat but I still believe in a God who is able to resurrect I wish somebody clap your hands and lift up a shout like you believe it I feel the Holy Ghost here right now yeah 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 hallelujah Jesus Jesus finally speaks the word. He, he declares what's about to happen. He, he said, he'll rise again. He'll rise again. I, I mean, cue the organ. Shout beat coming. I mean, everybody get crazy. He'll rise again. Woo! Let's get it. Even the very voice of God didn't stop their doubt. Woo, Holy Ghost help us. Don't you look down on them because sometimes we sit in the presence of a living God. 
and we listen to the very word of God and oh, Holy Ghost uh, and we sit with doubt and defeat uh, at the forefront of our mind and the spirit is saying it will happen uh, and the word is saying it shall happen uh, and yet we sit with doubt at the forefront uh, saying I just don't know I just not sure uh, I just don't see it and, and then and then we do this we 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 explain it away. That's what Martha did. We, he said, he'll rise again. And you know what Martha said? She said, oh, I know he'll rise again. In that great resurrection in the last day. I know. I know what you mean, Jesus. I mean, isn't that so sweet? She interprets the words of Jesus for us. Jesus says, he'll rise again. She says, I know in the last day when we're all caught up to meet you, I know. I mean, just think about this for a minute. The master of the universe is looking them eyeball to eyeball, saying, guess what? There's fixing to be a resurrection happen right now. And rather than just believe it, uh, they explain it away. Well, I know it sounds good, but he's probably preaching to somebody else this morning. Uh, how tragic uh, to sit in the presence of the master of the universe uh, to hear a very word from the Lord uh, and yet in your mind explain it away. I bet he's preaching to sister so-and-so. She probably really needs that word right now. And I bet he's preaching to brother so-and-so because he's really got himself in some trouble. And this is really a good word for the. You know, if we're not careful, Sunday after Sunday, we can explain away the very word that God's trying to deposit into our spirit. Martha, don't explain it away. Don't try to dumb it down. Don't try to put it off in the future. Jesus is saying he's going to rise again and he's going to rise again right here and right now. I declare the word of the Lord, there will be a resurrection. I declare the word of the Lord, there shall be miracles. I declare the word of the Lord, there will be signs and wonders. My God, I'm not preaching in the future. I'm preaching right here, right now, on this Sunday morning. I'm not talking about what God's going to do sometime way when. I'm preaching about right here, right now. He will rise again. God is able to do it. God, my God, my God. I wish somebody get a hold of that and clap your hands and lift up your voice right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm going to preach a few more minutes. Sit down for just a minute. She said, Jesus says he'll rise again. They explain it away rather than just receive it with faith. And then, verse 35, Jesus weeps. Jesus starts to weep. Yeah, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And, and then the next verse, it's, it's humorous to me. Because, hi, Mom. Uh, because the Jews says, the Jews say, oh, behold how he loved him. 
Jesus starts to weep. And they say, oh, isn't that precious? He loved his friend. Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Whoa, 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 time out, time out. Let's just think about this for a minute. Let's think about this. Jesus had just spoken the word. He will rise again. Boom. It's finished. He spoke the word. He may still be in the tomb, honey, but Jesus just spoke the word. Just watch because it's about to happen. Oh, you're not getting this. Hear me. Jesus just spoke the word. I don't have to see it with my natural eyes uh, to know that when Jesus declares it, uh, it's about to come to pass. Uh, It may be right now. It may be five minutes from now. It may be five hours from now. But honey, I've got a word. uh, So you just stand back and watch, baby. Uh, There's something going to come out of that tomb. uh, And it's just not any old something. It's a man named Lazarus uh, that is about to walk. Jesus begins to weep, and they say, oh, behold how he loved him. Isn't that precious? Can I tell you something? Jesus was not weeping over the death because Jesus had already declared that the death would be no more. Jesus was not weeping over the death because as far as Jesus was concerned, the dead man was no longer dead. The very word of God had been released. And so it was as good as done. It just hadn't caught up with our natural eyes yet. Hear what I'm preaching to you. The word of God had been declared, so it was settled. It was declared and finished. Jesus was not weeping over the death because as far as he was concerned, the dead man was coming out. Uh, Jesus was not weeping uh, over the tragedy of a lost friend uh, because as far as he was concerned, uh, the friend was about to come back to life. Uh, I'll tell you what Jesus was weeping for. He was weeping then uh, for the same thing I believe will bring tears to the eyes of the master in 2019. uh, And that is that their doubt uh, was more tragic uh, than the death uh, doubt of the people who knew him. Can I tell you your doubt is always more tragic than the death itself. My doubt is always more tragic than the death itself. It was the doubt of a room full of people that should have known better, that should have had faith, that should have had confidence, that should have welcomed him with rejoicing and celebration. And Jesus sees that they still don't get it. How many times do we come into the house of God standing in the midst of a miracle possessing a promise and rather than celebrate with faith and joy and expectancy for that promise to come to pass we come in with weeping and mourning and you may not be literally physically weeping but I'm telling you your face says everything I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I've seen some folks before. I mean, maybe not in this church, but we'll just pretend I'm preaching a general message to the body of Christ at large, okay? I've seen some folks coming to church.
I mean, they sit there looking stunned, looking like they just buried their puppy dog, looking like they're about to fall asleep, confused, distressed, perplexed, and yet we are people standing literally in the midst of a miracle. Let me pause and preach to the church corporately right now. This church, is tree of life, is standing in the middle of a miracle. You hear me right now? God is fighting for us. We are in the middle of a miracle. That's why here, let let me just put a little commercial in here. That's why you need to do what my good brother said. You need to show up tomorrow night to the city commission. You need to to be there with joy and and faith and all. I don't remember all those good things you said with meekness and humility. You need to show up with joy in your spirit. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what that city council decides. We're in the middle of a miracle. They cannot stop. I'm telling you, they cannot stop the miracle that God is doing at Tree of Life. They cannot stop the outpouring that God is. You hear, I I don't want to step out of bounds. Pastor, you shut me down if I do. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not even predicting or prophesying what the outcome of the meeting is going to be. But what I am telling you is that men cannot stop the will of God for the kingdom of God. Oh, Holy Ghost. I don't know if you got any of the city council or planning commission in this service right now, but you hear me. They're fighting against God. If they had any sense in their head, they'd say, we want the Tree of Life Church right here, and we want them to grow because there's a spiritual blessing and a covering for our community that... But you know what? They shut you down, and guess what's going to happen? God's going to open a bigger and better door for you. They cannot stop the will of God. They cannot thwart the plan of God. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost that no matter what man says or does, God's will is going to be performed for his church corporately and for his church globally. You are in the middle of a miracle. You are in the... I bind every fear, every spirit of confusion, every wonder and worry. I declare you are in the middle of a miracle. I know it may not be happening like you think it ought to happen, but quit weeping and start celebrating. Quit sulking and start rejoicing. You are in the middle of a miracle, and Jesus is saying it is going to rise again. There is a tree that is springing up whose branches will reach out. I'm telling you, God's promise and prophetic word is over this church. 
Can I preach to you individually for a moment? I, I know I'm cutting short on time. Hear me. I'm telling you there are many believers in this room that you personally are in the middle of a miracle and you need to get it in your spirit, get it in your mind, get it in your heart and let it show on your face that God is for you. The word of God is upon you. I know it may not be happening like you think it ought to happen, but he will rise again. You take that little phrase and you slap it onto whatever situation that the Lord, the Lord has spoken to you about. He will rise again. Oh, but I got this doctor's appointment coming up Thursday. He will rise again. I, 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 I know, but you don't understand where my finances are. He will rise again. I, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Just stay right there. You hear me? The second voice on the fourth day was the voice. First, the voice of the mourners and the voice of the doubters. But the second voice, Pastor, was the voice of Jesus Christ himself. And he simply made the declaration, it's getting ready to happen. He will rise again. They tried to talk him out of it a second time. Lord, by this time, he's stinking. I know some of y'all situations stink. I get it. I didn't say you stink. I didn't say you stink. Now, that may be true, but I'm not going to say it. I said, your situation may stink. He's, they said, Lord, by this time he stinketh. It's just not practical. It's just not probable. It just doesn't seem logical that anything's going to happen right now. The body has begun to decay. They didn't have the modern methods that we have of preserving the body. The body has begun to decay, Jesus. He, he's going to stink. It's, it's been sunny. It's been hot. He's been laying there in that that cave, Jesus, it's, it, it, you, you can't. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Do you realize that what they often placed on the fourth day was the stone? They would often keep the grave open for days one, two, and three. But on the fourth day, the stone would be an ominous symbol to everyone that passed by that hope was gone, that a resurrection was not possible, a miracle. That, in other words, instead of believing for a miracle, at this point, I'm just managing the situation. I'm just managing the mourning. I'm just managing the disease. I'm just, man, oh, I feel the whole. Holy Ghost. I'm just managing the dilemma. I'm not believing God. I'm not really even praying anymore. Am I preaching to anybody? I'm not even praying anymore for a miracle. I'm just kind of living with where God's placed me. I'm just kind of struggling and getting along with whatever I've got to get along with. And you've got a big old stone in front of your spirit, in your mind, in your heart that's even making it difficult for this word to penetrate and to reach where you're at. And so Jesus walks up and he says take away the stone hey, no 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 Jesus it's not time to eat it's just not take away the stone Woo. you hear me I'm, I'm just about done preaching right now Jesus said take away the stone could he have moved the stone himself could he have spoke the word and that stone rolled all by itself could he have snapped his fingers and that stone uh, was obliterated into a bunch of pile of pebbles? He could have done any of those things. 
They had. I've heard people say you got to have faith to have a miracle. You got to have faith to have. And I and I really I hate that kind of that that thought and that kind of preaching. Some of y'all are thinking, oh. I don't have time to preach you a second message today. But I'm telling you, I can show you multiple times in scriptures where people that didn't have much faith at all got miracles. I know what we're trying to say when we, and I encourage you to have faith. I want you to have faith. I'm preaching to increase your faith today. But don't you get in your mind something that the enemy can use to count you out of the miraculous. Well, I just don't have enough faith for the miracle. I just don't have enough faith to believe. Can I tell you, none of these people in this story had any faith, and Lazarus was dead. He couldn't have faith. Well, why don't you take a little bite of that theological apple? He, he, he couldn't have faith. He was deceased. And so you know what Jesus says? He says, you know what? You don't have any faith, but I'll tell you what I'll do. If you can just be obedient, if you can just obey my word. I know you don't have faith. I know you're battered. I know you're wounded. I know you're weak. I know you're worn down. But I tell you what, if you can just respond to my word, if you can just respond to my voice, I'm telling I'm about to have a fit right now. God wants to do a miracle for some people in this place right now. And he doesn't need your faith. I'm happy if you got it. But if you're so beat down, you can't even see it or believe it. I tell you what you ought to do. You ought to just respond to the word of God right now. You ought to just respond to the voice of the spirit right now. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to lift up your voice right now. Somebody ought to begin to reach out to God right now. Somebody ought to begin to shout right now. Somebody ought to begin to declare your response. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, God wants to do some miracles in this place. God wants to do some miracles right now. And he's just waiting on somebody to respond to his word. I know you may not understand it. I know you may not even really believe it. But if you'll just roll away the stone, whatever's keeping you locked in your seat, whatever's keeping you locked it down in your worship, whatever's keeping you locked down from lifting your hands and lifting your voice, you ought to roll away that stone and say Jesus I'm going to respond to your word I'm going to respond to your word I'm going to obey your command yeah 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 Holy Ghost Holy Ghost Holy Ghost Jesus. (laughs) 
Come on right now. If you need a miracle in your life, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need a miracle in your family, if you need a miracle in your body, I want you to roll away the stone. What does that mean, preacher? What does that mean? Whatever is blocking you, whatever is stopping you, can Jesus miraculously move it? Yeah, but you know what? He's got to have some action on your part. Faith without works, we understand that even faith itself can't operate to its fullest without some action on our part. But in this story, God says, you know what? You don't even have faith. I'll tell you, just do what I tell you to do, and we'll call it good. I'm telling you right now you may not even feel it you may wonder if this preacher's even preaching to you you may say to yourself I don't even know that it's possible I dare you right now to roll away whatever stone is keeping you in fear whatever stone is keeping you locked up I dare you right now to lift up your hands I dare you right now to stretch yourself I dare you right now to say Lord I am going to respond to your word yeah 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 yeah. play something my God my God my God my God I know not everybody can get in this altar I know not everybody can get in this front but here is your symbolic act of rolling away the stone. If you need a miracle in your life, don't do it right now. Don't do it yet. If you've already moved, stay where you're at. But if you need a miracle in your life, if you need a miracle in your life, in just a moment when I tell you to, not now, but when I tell you to, if you need a miracle in your life, I want you to get out of your seat. If you're close enough, if you can get in this altar, get in this altar. If you can't get in this altar, I want you just to get into an aisle. You guys that are in the foyer back there, thank God for you. Thank you guys for coming. That's some dedication and commitment back there. If you need a miracle, I want you in just a moment, not yet, to get ready. Wait, 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 wait. To get ready to get out of where you're at and step into an aisle, step into an altar. Get out somewhere. And hold on. When you do, when you do, that, 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 that step is a step of faith. You're saying, Lord, if I don't believe anything else, I do believe your word. And I'm saying I'm responding to your word. And when you make that step, that symbolic step of rolling away the stone, I want you to lift up your hands and lift, not yet, I want you to lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now. And I'm telling you the same voice of the master that said, Lazarus, come forth, is gonna come booming into your situation right now. And I declare in the Holy Ghost, there is a miracle waiting to happen in this room right now. There are miracles of healing. There are miracles of deliverance. There are miracles of provision. You hear this preacher. uh, There are going to be testimonies come out of this service, Pastor. There's going to be testimonies come out of this service. I've seen blind eyes open, the dead raise. I've seen dumb people speak. I'm not dumb in the head. I'm talking about they couldn't speak. I've seen mute people speak. I'm telling you, that same spirit is in this place right now. It's in this room right now. God is ready to perform the miraculous. Are you ready? Are you ready?
I want you to close your eyes all across this room. And I want you to pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, Jesus, if there's anything standing in between me and my miracle, I wanted to roll it away right now. Lord, if there's anything, if there's any sin, please forgive me. If there's any doubt, renew my mind. Anything at all that would prevent me from the miraculous. With this step I take, uh, I am rolling away the stone. And I am giving you opportunity to speak. Uh, I am giving you the chance to speak uh, right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, I command you now to respond to the Holy Ghost that is in this place. If you need a miracle, step out of your seat right now and throw your hands up. Come on, throw your hands up and lift up your voice. Come on, all across this room, that's it. In the name of Jesus, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Receive it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, come on, lift up your voice. Uh, lift up your voice. Uh, the miraculous is falling in this place uh, by the authority of the Word of God. Uh, receive it in Jesus' name. Uh, receive it in Jesus' name. Uh, receive it in Jesus' name. Uh, Holy Ghost. Uh, Holy Ghost. Uh, Holy Ghost. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lock yourself in. I bind every doubt. I bind every spirit of defeat and discouragement. I release the voice of the master. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. Be delivered. In Jesus' name. If you're in this place and you've got faith, reach over and pray for somebody near you. If you're in this place and there's faith in your spirit, reach over and lay hands on somebody near you right now. I release the ministry of the body. I release the ministry of the body. Reach over and lay your hands on someone in faith. Receive you, your miracle, in Jesus' name. Yes, 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 yes. Worker. 